welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! We're back! What's up, everybody? Sports Honchos, baby! Wednesday Night Live, December Ocho 2021. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the honchos board here on the longest of aisles in New York. Time to bring in your favorite honcho of mine from the great state of Maryland, Mr. Robert Cuny! Hey, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Ocho. That's right, December 8th, 2021. We're back and wackier than ever, everybody. Did you miss us? And I happy Thanksgiving. You, I missed you so much. And as the great Dan Snyder once said, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. What's up, brother? It's been a trace been weeks. been a minute. Trace it's weeks. Been a, it's been a minute. Almost four weeks, actually. Our last show was November 10th. Oh, so long ago. That Was before, Was that before the Omicron? Oh, yes. <laughs> we did not get to discuss the latest variant. Dun, dun, dun. It's variant mania. Oh. I've had my booster shot since then. Lost use of my left arm for a while and spent the Wednesday before Thanksgiving pretty much, wait a minute, this is pretty much horizontal and uh, not in a good way, if you know Ooh, what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean, brother. <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, nice to see you look well. We look well. I mean, we look well. There's no doubt we do. about it. You listeners we, out there, you, you don't know this because we're still not on video. But, we but we're still well. handsome. Yes. <laughs> Even after all this time. Even after all this Still crazy after all these years. Still handsome after all these years. And who was that who used to dress up in the turkey costume on SNL? That's the great Paul Simon. Yes, look at you. The great Paul Simon. Hey, how about this, buddy? I'm at Costco yesterday, and I don't know why, but I'm whistling the I Dream of Genie theme song. And the Costco guy checking me out. I'm wheeling up towards him. You know how they check you out before you head out? And I'm whistling. do do I'm about eight feet from him. He goes, I dream of Janie, baby. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to go. Bum, 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 bum. Well, he, he did. He started singing a little <laughs> As you can did see, it. both of us are very old. <laughs> yes. If you know if you know the show to which we are referring, you probably have an AARP card right now. <laughs> By the way, I think most of the stars of that show... Not signing autographs. I'm not sure about Barbara Eden. I'm, I'm sure Larry Hagman and the great Bill Daly are on the slab. I don't know about Barbara Eden. <laughs> and certainly, certainly the guy that played the, the what was uh, the head of the Air Force Base, whose name escapes me, uh, he's certainly no longer with us. Oh, and, and, and Agnes Moorhead? <laughs> She's a goner also. Oh, no, she was bewitched. Sorry, not uh, hydrogen. Yeah, get it right, man. Sorry, I got my... I, I got my mystical female beings, you know, star-crossed. Were they mystical? Were they I don't mystical? know. Mythical. mythical. Mythical, mystical, whatever. Mystical. Whatever. That's now, a great how name. How things way, down for... south? I mean, I was, I was a little further south than you this past week. But how things, uh, 
North South by you. Uh, here in the great state of Maryland, where they don't consider us to be in the South, if you go any further than, say, Maryland, nobody considers us to be in the South. We're, as we say in our U.S. history classes, we're a border state, sir. Neither really? North nor South. So we carry that cross as a badge of honor. We're, we're, you know, things are fine down here. You know, nothing new under the sun. How was New Orleans, by the way? A city to which I've never been. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been there um, just under a handful of times. Um, and I've always gone down there in the summer when it's brutally hot and humid. Right. Alongside the Mississippi there. And uh, I tell you what, man, December, perfect time to go. Mm. Nice and warm around, you know, 65, 70, you got up to like 71, 72, but no humidity. And, Did you uh, uh, ever been during uh, Mardi Gras to you know flash the Grand hey, Tetons? As far as I'm concerned, it's, <laughs> it's 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 who you know Mardi Gras like it comes around what, once a year or whatever, and that's what they tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man, that is some shit show that goes on 24 seven over there on Bourbon Street, man. So we were staying uh, right on Bourbon Street at the uh, uh, you know and tip of the hat to the royal uh, crew at the Royal Sinesta, uh, right there on Bourbon. At the top mm-hmm. of the street there. Um, very good staff, uh, great rooms, and a good stay. Um, outside, um, I tell you, man. And it was just. It was, was this the world famous Jimmy Kenny Beach Band? No, my little brother got married, man. Oh, okay. A couple people thought I went down there to play. You can't make money down in New Orleans as a musician. I, what do I know? So this is um, fellow podcaster, fellow podcaster Sean. Yes. Of Islanders Radio? My brother Little uh, married his beautiful wife mm-hmm. now. And um, it was, fa- look, it was fantastic. Uh, it was great. It was good. Uh, the four or five nights was just, um, uh, it was super. It was great to be down there. Um, like I said, it's amazing. It just goes, it goes from about the, the kids who go out in the streets and bang the buckets with the drumsticks started at about 9 a.m. every morning. Because <laughs> I know this because they were outside my hotel room. Right, just constant banging on the buckets, and they're you know trying to make a few extra bucks, and then the engine slowly begins. Now, on top of that, guess who was in town to play the Saints on Thursday night? Oh, that would be the Cowmen. Them Cowboys were in. The Pokes. How about them Cowboys? And quite a few <laughs> Texans came in to make a weekend of it. So we had um, all the Cowboy fans down there, on top of everybody from the. So uh, Wednesday night and, and Thursday night was a lot of fun with the uh, the two fan bases. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't seen anything on social media. I definitely didn't see it in New Orleans, but it doesn't seem like anybody got into any fights. It seemed like everybody got along. It was, uh, you know, Not that I know stuff. of. But look, man, the place is rocking. I'm so impressed with that city. They've been, they were crushed by uh, Katrina. Uh, last time I was there was 15 years ago, the week before Katrina. I went down there and got quite shit-faced and then came back, and then I, and I watched New Orleans get crushed. And then... Um, <laughs> You know, they got hit by Ida, and obviously the they got hit pretty hard there with the coronavirus, too. So, uh, And they've come back, man. Uh, Louisiana, Louisiana now is, is, is a highly vaccinated state, and uh, it was awesome, man. The people down there are great. Food is great. Uh, the You know, just the Bourbon Street, like I said, I've been down there. I know it pretty well, up and down, and we had a whole bunch of family in town. So we, we really had a super time. Uh, I missed it. Uh, I was glad to come back, and I tell you what, man, I look forward to going back there again, uh, probably for some special occasion. I don't know if I'm just going to... Um, when did you come back? 
Came back Sunday evening. So you were down there for the – was there a buzz about the hiring of Chip uh, Chip Kelly, Brian Kelly, my least favorite coach in the in college football well, as the I'll new you, coach of your you Tigers? <laughs> well, now LSU, hard to believe, man. Bat, Baton Rouge, everything up north of – Baton Rouge. Rouge. Yeah, it's everything up north of New Orleans, it's like a different world, man. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't so much – you know where the most talk about that whole thing was? And I'm sure we'll get into it later on today too is me and my fellow cousins, our fellow Irish Notre Dame fans. Hmm. No love for Mr. Kelly. He is I, dead to them. I don't blame them. I'm huh. telling you, man. I, I don't blame them one bit. And wait till you, oh, here's, a, here's a little tease for later. Wait till I tell you what a state senator in Oklahoma has recommended uh, now that Lincoln Riley has jumped ship for USC. It's fabulous. I love, <laughs> I love the shot that this senator is taking at Lincoln Riley. Not anymore on that. In the college yeah, football extravaganza. Yeah, college football segment tonight is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Obviously, lots happened since me and you were mm-hmm. last on the air. And um, I think you're, I think your Washington football team won a game too, man. It's four in a row, baby. What? Maybe we should maybe we no should stop way! doing shows. We should stop <laughs> doing shows because they seem to be winning every time we're not on the air. See, I set you up. I wanted you to say that. I wanted you to say that they won four in a row. I, I you know. But then again, this is the. Uh, as I love to call it, the National Mediocrity League. Well, if and you're I'm in telling the... you, buddy, you got to admit this, and we'll get to Atlanta, too. It's a pretty damn mediocre sports league. <laughs> I don't want to – look, I don't want to prove you right because that really just grinds my gears. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in the AFC, other than the Patriots, uh, you've got – well, they've got 13 teams, 13 out of the 16 teams still very much alive for a playoff spot. If you are the Jets, the Texans, or the Jaguars, you got to be just wondering, what the hell have we done to sit in the AFC where everybody has a shot until the last week, and we're sitting here at one, two wins, just spinning our wheels year after year, nothing going right for us. Um, but after the Patriots, the, you know, teams two through 13, it's just, you can put them and, and all the in a bag. Patriots aren't that good either. As, I, put, said, uh, as I said, in I our... I beg to differ on that. Special, no good. You can put all those teams, all twelve of those teams, after the Patriots in a bag. Shake the bag, pick one up. They're all exactly the same in terms of having flaws or being fraudulent, whatever it is. But you know, again, as we don't want to do the entire show here in the opening segment, we'll save something for later on. Please do keep listening. But all right, buddy. Know. So look, it's 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 uh, showgram number forty six. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. what we've been doing is. Uh, correlating our show number right. with uh, a popular sports figure. So why don't you why don't you take it away? All right. Well, before we do that, I, one more thing before we oh, get to sorry. that. Today, today and yesterday, uh, two very important landmark anniversaries. So yesterday was the 80th. Good lord, we're old. Not that we were there. That was the 80th anniversary anniversary of Pearl Harbor, which oh, yes. you know, a momentous moment in U.S. history. For, and we don't have to spend any time discussing See, it. Yeah, I don't celebrate things once they're in the past. So that was okay. yesterday. Go ahead. Right. And today, uh, not quite as momentous, but for, you know, uh, 11-year-old Rob Cuny, uh, this is the 41st anniversary of Lenin's assassination, which was first reported in a wide format on Monday Night Football by Howard Cosell. Because, hmm. you know, there was no Twitter. There's no internet then. There's no... You know, you have breaking news on TV, but 
really the world first got wind of this on Monday Night Football, which uh, wouldn't happen today. I mean, it'd be all over social media, it'd be all over the internet. Was Cosell Every, working that night? No. Hmm? Yeah, that's that's the one who reported it. Yeah. There's a audio of it somewhere out in cyberspace of the actual call of it. If I had more time, I probably could have found it and sent it off to Paul. But you know, you can sure you, you could do some weeks, digging out there. That's okay. I understand. No, well, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. I know. Until I, so look, today, they said, "Hey, John Lennon, forty-one years ago today." So two things on those two notes. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, in all seriousness, never forget Pearl Harbor. Obviously, and there's only a few of those lads left surviving uh, WW2. Uh, Yep. survivors are veterans because they're almost a hundred some of them are over a hundred those yeah, that are still uh, with us we might as well tip the cat to uh speaking of uh, veterans mr uh, bob dole 98 years old man 98 uh, again uh, i didn't even i and not to be funny but i was pretty sure he had already passed before news came uh, out that he did we're all raising our hands too Robert. yeah I, I just um <laughs> i was like wow he's still alive but, but 98, so 98 Woo. There is so. hope for us, my friend. And we and we didn't even fight in the wars. I'd like to get to 53. Let's start there before we start talking about 98. We'll take it one year at a time, as somebody once told and me. And number two, on yes. Mr. Lennon, uh, I got through about 20 minutes so far. Have you watched the full Jackson documentary? I, I have not. I, I would like to actually watch it straight through, which let's I know was like six or seven no, hours. Let's do it now. The clip that I, I've heard, I've heard the one clip of i mean and, and, you know you don't get to watch genius very often but to watch mccartney just sit down and kind of come up with get back off the top of his head was it really a like, good song was i mean really like a it's a blues it's really basic blues but still <laughs> how many how many songs like that have you written in five minutes i mean oh, i'm sure you're a fabulous my, songwriter hold on, hold on. Hold i'm sure on. you're a great songwriter but hold you know it's out of tune so am I. Was a man. See, it's done. I mean, it's yeah, done. you just you just sang somebody else's song. You have oh. to come up with it. No, it was that was JoJo the Juicer. That's the okay. song I'm working on. In the same, there's been millions of songs written in E Blues, man. I like Jojo how you. Was I like juicer, how you minimize Paul McCartney. The All right. And then I just have to change some of the melody line. <laughs> For those of us that have a more progressive and delicate sensibility the man's <laughs> genius and watching that was just a jaw-dropping moment but i'd like to see um all of it and i'm excited to watch it but it's a commitment i mean it's what six seven eight nine hours well, from what i'm hearing and all the mixed reviews is all of us individually who are beatles fans have to watch this all the way through because mm-hmm. everybody's giving different reviews some people right. are like oh it's too goddamn long it's, it's just mccartney and lennon I mean, how did Harrison and Ringo put up with them? Then there's, you know, buddy of mine said, hey, I never thought I could love a band any more than I had already loved them, blah, blah, blah. Right. We'll get there. Yeah. Good stuff. Good two notes yep. there. Onward, episode 46. Okay, so this one is uh, right up your alley. Okay, it's a special just for you. 46, to me, the best athlete I could find that wore the number 46 was your friend, Mr. Andrew Pettit of your New York Yankees. Thank you very much. No problem. So uh, let me just read off a few of his stats, and then we'll, we got a video clip of uh, Pettit's last game, which was in Houston. Which you uh, not, folks won't see, but you can hear. Right, not too far from uh, his hometown. So uh, 148 wins 
from 2000 to 2009 is the most of any pitcher during that time period. Uh, 1995 to 2010, no one had won more games. I believe uh, he finished his career with, uh, let's see, 256 wins he finished his career with. So uh, never had a losing season. In fact, what the clip you're going to hear is the last game he pitched, he was 10 and 11 going into that last game. Uh, and pitched a complete game, and they won two nothing, and he evened his record at eleven and eleven in uh, two thousand thirteen. Seven AL pennants, one National League pennant, five World Series wins, and the most postseason wins in Major League Baseball history with nineteen. And yet, yet not a Hall of Famer. I mean, so, I'm sure you Yankee fans will tell us that there was nobody more clutch, at least in the last twenty, thirty years, in the playoffs. With all the great Yankees that have come and gone, no one was more clutch than Andy Pettit. Hey, man, you remember the scene in um, Goodwill Hunting after the bar? And then he's uh, caught vaguely. the girl, and then he goes outside, and he takes, oh. his, he takes a phone number, and he stands How about them apples? The yeah. Right. That's all they need to do at the Baseball Hall of Fame. Somebody just needs to go up, all those stats you just ran off, put mm-hmm. on a piece of paper, slam it against the window glass, and say, how about them apples? And I and I realize I realize he's got the cloud of steroids over him, but he admitted to doing it and did a full mea culpa about it. Uh, hey, look, I, whatever the reason is, the man. I mean, he's got he's got the wins. He certainly has you know the the distinction of being one of the best of his era. He's got the postseason wins, which alone should get him into the Hall of Fame. He's a five time World Series winner, and maybe because the Yankees during that time were so great that they hold some of those victories against him because uh, how do you pick? I think uh, that's not argument. That's not the argument that I would make. I'm just trying to theorize what the hell they could possibly be thinking. So uh, let's play the clip again. This is the final out of Andy Pettit's illustrious Yankee career. Almonte is there and Joe Girardi will come out and talk to Pettit. Or is he going to go to the bullpen? J.D. Martinez do up. I don't think he's made a single as of yet. He's leaving him in. Way to go, Joe. I Can you imagine if he tried to take him out? <laughs> Grounded to third. This could be it. Nunez across the diamond. Yankees win 2-1. to one, And Andy Pettit completes his career with a complete game. What a way to go. He had not had a complete game since 2006. He's the oldest starting pitcher in baseball in the 161st game of the Yankee season. And he spins a complete game to end his career in just the perfect manner. And the crowd chanting Andy Pettit here just miles from his hometown of Deer Park. What a way to end it. And finishes his career on a high note. Now he's the only pitcher in... Way to go, AP. Yep. Go. So the, the announcer is about to say he, and his, he's the only K. pitcher... Michael K. Michael K is about to say he's only pitcher to pitch at least 15 seasons uh, and never have a losing record. And that win preserved it. And then at the, you know, the crowd, again, it's a Houston crowd. It's the Yankees in Houston. The Houston crowd was yelling Andy Pennant. Uh, Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit. Now he did play for Houston, of course, but still, it's a visiting team that they were all cheering for. So a great moment. 
Brandy Pettit amongst many, many great moments. And he's our number 46. So stay tuned for who's going to be number 47. Love it. Well done, man. Thanks for bringing up one of my fave guys. No problem. I I knew you'd like that. I do like that. It was either him or former Raider Todd Christensen. I said, ah, Christensen, Andy Pettit. (laughs) Ah, Let's go with the baseball guy. This is not football. Good stuff. Enough with the football. (laughs) (laughs) All right, pal. Hey, buddy. You got that horn ready? I brought a couple guys back from uh, New Orleans. Oh, God. From the, uh, we did the Super. parade, man. You know they do that down only in the wedding couple, and then they, they get the jazz band, and they parade down Bourbon Street and all the streets? Uh, I'm only oh, familiar buddy. with the funeral parade, not the, the nah, wedding this parade. Is, this is, they do that, too. That's the slow one. Yeah. The slow horn. That's slow live and let die. <laughs> yeah. This one, it's a lot of fun, and I actually brought the guys back with me. Fire it up, boys! Can't wait. Woo-hoo-hoo! Welcome back into Sports Hodgers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and as always at the top of the show, we start off with headlines that make you new lines. Whoa-hoo! Hold on, Robbie's not done yet. Pay these guys a lot of money. You're getting your money's worth. Woo! All right, buddy. Take it away. Okay, so... Uh... Have, have you ever gotten – okay, let me ask you this before I read this first story. Um, what's the most awkward way that you've ever received bad news? Shit, man. I'll tell you right now. Texting is just horrible today. People pass away. They're like, oh, yeah, but, but he just died. What? Yeah. How about a phone call? How right. about a – Paul, you're sitting down. Paul, are right. you are you okay? Paul, do you remember this guy? Do you remember this guy? No, now it's – I got, it happened while I was down in New Orleans. Hmm. All right. Well, here's here's another awkward way. Headline, not great news. U.S. boss fires 900 employees on a Zoom call. Yeah, I heard about this. The chief executive of a U.S. mortgage company has drawn criticism, you think? After he reportedly, I like that, how he reportedly, after he reportedly fired 900 employees on a Zoom call. I come to you with not great news, Vishal Garg, CEO of Better.com, is heard saying at the beginning of the video Better. call made on com. Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, last week, footage of the call was widely circulated in social media. If you're on this call, this, this is great, this guy, Mr. Tact. If you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group of being laid off your employment here is terminated effective immediately guard continued citing changes in the market quote efficiency and quote productivity as the reasons behind the mass termination the market has changed he went on to say we have to move with it in order to survive the 43 year old offered his explanation ultimately it was my decision and i wanted you to hear it from me sort of he then reportedly said the employees could expect an email hold on from HR with details of severance and benefits. Garg, a self-described serial entrepreneur, said the decision was, quote, really, really challenging and noted it was the second time in his career he had made such job cuts. I do not, do not want to do this. The last time I did this, I cried. I hope, this time I hope to be stronger, he said during the call. That's just what you want to hear when you've been fired over Zoom that your employer is trying not to cry and wants to be stronger and better and colder at firing employees. One now former employee described the call as, quote, three minutes tops. Fantastic. In an interview with the Daily Beast, they dumped us like trash. We were there since the beginning and worked hard for the company and for our roles, another said. 
The mortgage lender startup reportedly received $750 million cash infusion from investors last week, and it was recently valued at around $7 ba, ba, ba billion. Better.com is valued at $7 yeah. billion? Right. And he laid the off com- 900 people? Right. The company, which says it uses technology to make homeownership, quote, faster and more efficient, is backed by Japanese conglomerate SoftBank. So, uh, there you go. Uh, it's great when someone who just takes the hammer to 900 employees is talking about, you know, how brutally hard it is for them, how challenging it is. You know what would be challenging? Call those people into the room together, all 900 of them, and then look them in the eye and say, you fired. Not on a Zoom call. How cowardly is that? Now, Again, idea, you, might, you might as well text them. If you don't mind me asking, I don't know if you did your research on this, uh, how how many employees does the company have? I mean, is, is that 900 of 9 million people in the company, or is it 900 um, of, like... Please hold. Because, uh... Look, it, it happens, but when they, when he, I think, what was his reason? Productivity? <laughs> Seven billion um, dollars? Efficiency and productivity. Oh, I guess it's very efficient and productive to put everybody on Zoom for three minutes and fire them. Um, yeah, 9% of its employees. Eh, you know. But still, hey, 9%, so it's, By the way, know, Rob, I'm, after this show, uh, we have to do a Zoom call. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I'm going to miss the giant paychecks, but, you know, you know, you got to move on. But at least you won't cry this time. How nerve wracking is that now for everybody who's seen this, right? Who works for corporations and they <laughs> scheduled Zoom call at 6 p.m. I mean, <laughs> you know, when the pandemic started, oh, we all thought, yeah, we thought Zoom was what a great idea. What a fabulous idea. And now it's being used and overused. And now people are using it to fire other people. It's terrible. <sighs> it's like in the movie Broadcast News. You remember Broadcast News? Albert Brooks, William Hurt, Holly Hunter. And one of the long-term, long-standing anchors or members of the news staff is fired by, you know, some young go-getter. And the person who fires him says, I'm really sorry. If there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. <laughs> and the guy who fires says, well, I certainly hope you die soon. That was <laughs> – that to me, what a great line that is. So I'm sure all 900 were thinking the same thing as the Zoom call ended awkwardly. Well, so long, everybody. Click. <laughs> I'm late for my yacht ride. <laughs> right. I got to count my $7 billion. Wow. All right. Well, man, holidays too, man. Tough. Oh, by yeah. the way, I'm, I feel terrible. Um, happy Hanukkah, pal. I'm belated. I'm sorry. How was it? Thank you. Uh, it was great. And you know what they're saying around here now? What? They're saying happy, wait for it, happy Heineke. Ah-ha-ha. ah ha Happy Heineke. It was great. <laughs> It was a great Heineke. I don't, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> the quarterback for the Wolfskins, Taylor oh! Heineke. Come on, man. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, Taylor. Quick, uh, quickly on the, on, the, on the Heineke stuff. Yeah. Uh, has nothing to do with him. But um, if you get a chance, go to the Foo Fighters, either their Facebook page or I don't know if they oh, have a website. I've heard. Their eight, their eight days of Hanukkah oh, tribute. Oh, phenomenal. Dave Grohl. He's the greatest. I've, I heard a lot of the stuff he did. Um, and I didn't know, by the way, because he did Train in Vain. Great version Love of it. Love that tune. So I think it was my who, favorite who in the, of all of them. Who in the Clash are Jewish? Because he was all Jewish artists that he was. I mean, I think it was the guy who sang I know Train in Vain. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are Jewish and Kiss, for instance. What? 
the the lead singer. Train invaded by the Clash. Joe, what's his name? Oh, Strummer. Yeah. Strummer. Sure. Oh, he's Jewish. All right. Hey. Oh, thank you. Super Sky Point for the late Joe Strummer. Um, yeah, it was. Those were great. He did one last year too. Um, this I heard. Um, this Barry Mandel, his Copacabana. Um, I heard his daughter does uh, Amy Winehouse, and it's yes. the charts. And by the way, the apple didn't far didn't fall far from the tree with old Violet Grohl. She's quite talented. Fantastic. It is okay. And speaking of locals, because you know Dave Grohl, he's from the D.C. area. Here's a story from the Washington Post from right around the corner from me, right down the street. This happened. Headline: Maryland homeowner uses smoke to battle snakes, burns down house. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Part of the homeowner's plan, a decidedly small part, made sense. Snakes have a great sense of smell, experts say, and the odor of smoke, in theory, could cause them to slither off. Beyond that, the idea of setting a series of small fires in a residential basement to drive out a snake infestation went horribly wrong. The smoke led to flames that led to a massive fire that destroyed a million-dollar home in Maryland. Officials in Montgomery County, that's where I live, late Thursday revealed the unusual cause of the November 23rd blaze along Big Woods Road in the relatively spread out northwestern part of the county. Investigators did not believe open flames were part of the objective. Rather, the Dickerson area homeowner started the fires in smoke-emitting metal containers, fire officials said. That's not a technique I was familiar with, said local wildlife biologist Dan Rauch. I certainly recommend something, something else for dealing with snakes, starting with calling a professional, you think? No one was home when the fire broke out. 75 firefighters were needed to put it out. No humans were hurt. The remains of only one snake, its skin, were found in the ashes. One snake was found alive. Firefighters apprehended this snake. I like that. Apprehended this snake. And you see 75 firefighters chasing a snake through the woods. Uh, Into the nearby woods, the rest of the snakes were destroyed, hidden by the debris, or had slithered away. The homeowner apparently set up the smoke devices on November 23rd, figured everything was working as planned, and left his house around 8 p.m. It's likely the homeowner thought he was in the process of smoking out the snakes, but the coals were were too near other combustibles. And then here's my favorite quote. It did not go as planned, you think? (laughs) While snakes do have a great sense of smell, given the recent cold temperatures of Maryland, smoke probably wouldn't have prompted much movement in the snakes because they are in a state of essentially deep rest. They're very sluggish, apparently. Uh, Klopfer, J.D. Klopfer, Virginia State herpetologist, which is not about sexual diseases, it's about snakes, so they never heard of anyone trying to smoke out snakes inside a home. I don't recommend doing it, he said. Fire officials cautioned that no one should try to eradicate snakes from their homes using smoke. If you encounter wildlife, officials advise calling wildlife experts or an exterminator before trying any home remedies. And here's my favorite part of the story as we end this story. Montgomery County fire investigators determined the fire to be accidental with no suspected foul play. The matter has been turned over to the homeowner's insurance company, and I will add, there's no chance that they're getting any reimbursement from their insurance company for trying to burn down their own house to get rid of snakes. Do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah, so that's there. a tough one. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. That's horrible. I feel bad for them. But man, you know, you do stupid things. Stupid things happen. Right. So there you go. And uh, finally, and I'll just read the headline and just leave it at this. Mom banned as Orange County, California, elementary school volunteer after anonymous letter reveals OnlyFans page. 
And I'll just let that sit there for a moment. The mom had an OnlyFans page? Yes. As a volunteer at Sand Lake Elementary, where two children attend school, Victoria Treese has spent hours helping organize class parties and assist in lab assignments in her older son's classroom, something she said she wanted to do ever since she became a mom. I always wanted to be involved in that aspect of life, she said. My mother did it for me, and having her there was the best joy growing up. But the 30-year-old is no longer part of Orange County Public Schools. Addition volunteer program as of now, after she was kicked off campus when an anonymous parent told higher-ups that they found her OnlyFans, an adult-only site where subscribers pay creators to access explicit photos and video. So OnlyFans so, is all pretty much primarily uh, an adult theme kind of thing? Like it's, it's like Instagram. The pictures you can't put on Instagram, you put on OnlyFans. And it's a pay service. So you what's, pay, your, what's your account? My, it's uh, <laughs> it's anyoneforpenis.com. Oh, so, so yeah, so she's out, and I think she's suing, uh, the school district. However, they did say, however, they they did say, they did say, this is so wacky. Though she's no longer allowed to be a volunteer, Teresa's lawyers said they were told by OCPS Orange County Public Schools prior to Thursday's press conference that she would be allowed to chaperone field trips but would not be allowed on campus as a volunteer. So she can take them off campus, yeah, but she can't weird. be on campus. That's a little creepy. Huh? I, don't, I don't get it. But, hey, whatever. Uh, a million-dollar lawsuit she has filed against OCPS and others. So there you go. Well, while she's at it, she can sue the federal government too, everybody else's. Why not? Why not? Sue me, sue everybody. Sue everybody. That's it. All right, man. Good stuff. Uh, we ready to start this uh, sports yes. program? Let's uh, open up the sack of sports. All right, now uh, send this out to the uh, the young fellows that were banging on the drum buckets all week on Bourbon Street. We bring on the real drums. No, that's not the drums. That's no, the not guys. that music no, again. Not you guys. No, bring the drums. Yeah, bring the drums. Thank you. Woo! It's time to return. To discussions of college football. Woohoo! That's the main thing. We do all the college stuff throughout the year. In March, we'll talk about hoops. Yeah. Right now, it's time for some college football. Woohoo! Lots going pretty, on since we were last on air, my friend. Oh my pretty, lord! Pretty much, Where do we start? Pretty much from January 11th until, well, actually January 12th until. March Madness, you're not going to get any more college talk unless something monumentous happens. You know what? Basketball games are played. Some teams won. Some teams lost. Nobody cares. Um, there's, you're right. We, we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the coaching changes. We'll address that uh, in a moment. We also have the Blue Hose final update on our, our adopted school, the Presbyterian sad, Blue sad Hose. Ending of this, this, this year it was a very man, sad man. ending. But the big, the big news, of course, is after a season of chaos, where chaos ruled the day, and we had teams like Wake Forest being undefeated and cracking the top ten, and people wondering if Alabama was having a down year, and Cincinnati being the only undefeated team uh, left standing, and Ohio State losing at home to Oregon. Oh, my God, it's a Shondalary. Uh, at the end of the day, chaos left the room. And said that the four teams in the the last week's the last I guess the penultimate rankings the college football rankings Georgia at Michigan Alabama Cincinnati 
Three teams won that had to win, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Georgia, the only team that could afford to lose and stay in, the top four lost. And so now what you have is number one, Alabama, versus number four, Cincinnati. That's the first game of the playoffs of the semifinals on uh, Friday, December 31st. The only undefeated Wait. team in the four. Yeah. And then you have number two, Michigan, versus number three, Georgia, in the second game of the semifinals on New Year's Eve. What a great New Year's Eve. you got an afternoon game, Alabama, Cincinnati. Evening game, Michigan, Georgia. And right in time to hit you know the New Year's Eve parties and so on. But I will tell you, um, I have no problem with any of the teams that are in. Well, I have no, no problem. You know, you have, you've always had a problem with Harbaugh in Michigan. Well, I, I think Harbaugh has proven me and about a million other people in and out of the state of Michigan wrong. Whatever whatever happened, not only does he beat Ohio State, it was a great game, and the perfect conditions, 100,000 screaming fans, it was cold, it was snowing, it was college football at its finest. And then a lot of people, myself included, thought when he faced Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, there'd be a huge letdown after one win in six tries against Ohio State. And they only went out and smashed Iowa to pieces 42-3. to They have the best defensive player in college football, Naden Hutchinson, They've got a hell of a running back in Hassan Haskins. Uh, you know, Harbaugh, to his credit, they came into the season. Michigan was like, look, something's got to change. And he fired all of his assistants, well, not by Zoom, I hope, <laughs> brought in all of these young, progressive, new analytical way of thinking assistant coaches. And it's made all the difference, you know. And I know he's he also is giving his bonuses um, all the bonuses and incentives he's earned this year to all the people, all the staffers at Michigan that were laid off because of COVID, which is, you know, we're talking millions of dollars. So he's, you know, he's redeeming himself. And actually, if there's a team to root for, I know people are going to want to root for the little, little engine that could in Cincinnati. But, man, I like to see Michigan. I like to see the big turnaround. You know, for all the jokes about how he's trying to be, you know, channel his inner Bo Schembechler, and the act, the Harbaugh act wearing thin, what better way to, to, to go out if he is than to beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten Championship, win the National Championship, and then say to the University of Michigan, see ya, I'm out of here. I'm going to the NFL or some other place. Not that I think that's going to happen. I'm just saying this would be, if this were a movie that we were making, a coach that takes a lot of shit, and deservedly so, because his record against top 10 teams and against Ohio State and the big teams in the Big Ten has been putrid. And now to say, okay, fine, this is what happens. You want to see me win? I'm going to win. Everyone's going to be happy. You're going to beg me to stay. Go fuck yourself. Again, it's not going to happen. It'd just be really funny if he won the whole thing. And while hoisting the trophy on uh, January 10th said, all right, everybody, it's been fun. See ya. I'm going to go, you know, back to San Francisco or do so. Or I'm going to retire from coaching. Actually, if we can be serious for a minute, if he were to win the national championship, which is a long shot given the way Alabama's playing, there's a team in Chicago for which he used to play or for whom he used to play mm-hmm. that, that cannot get rid of their head coach fast enough. Mm-hmm. The, 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 a, a bald man who wears a visor should have been fired already just for that transgression. You think... Uh... If there's a coaching vacancy in Chicago, I could see. Who would want that possibly, job right now, though? He'd be a hot commodity all of a sudden. People would forget. You know, you win a national championship, people forget the other six or five years of, you know, at best mediocrity, which would fit 
Well, you know, I don't know, man. It's, Your view of the from NFL. What, from what Kelly got from LSU, there's a lot of money in college football to make. <laughs> Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker who's won, uh, let's see, Nick Saban's won seven national championships. Mel Tucker at Michigan State has won one, two, seven less. And he's gotten, what, a nine, ten years, $95 million extension uh, for doing nothing. For a mediocre career at the University of Colorado and then a pretty good season this year. So if that guy get the money he's got and the money that Riley got and the money that Chip I keep calling him Chip Kelly that Brian Kelly is getting, hey, I'm sure they're gonna there'll be a truckload of money waiting for Jim Harbaugh if he were to pull this off. But from what he's done already, I think he's earned the right to stick around for a while. I mean, he's so, now now can he do it again next year? Who cares? He's done it this year. Finally, I'm anxious that Georgia Michigan game is going to be a pretty good game. Pretty, pretty good. Well, I think what's more than amazing to me out of all this is I don't see Clemson there, and I don't see Notre yep. Dame there. And, or Ohio we, State. We, we t- yeah, we talked about this last year with the, the playoffs and how things are formatted. And look at this, man. We got um, three three new teams in there in the top four as far as the, the you know the playoffs here in the championship. So I got to ask you, I mean, is, is the money game Michigan roll tide? I think so. And I, I once Alabama beat Georgia, I knew Alabama wasn't going to be uh, was going to leap to number one because the good people at ESPN don't want to see in the first game an Alabama Georgia rematch. Um, you know, we were just we were talking about Pearl Harbor a few minutes ago, and I remember, and I'm paraphrasing that after the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor, there was that notion of the Japanese realized they had just woken a sleeping giant. Yes. Okay. Wow, you watched the movies, huh? Yeah, when Auburn <laughs> when Auburn and Alabama played and Auburn Alabama barely squeaked by in that four overtime a quote unquote thriller and people had thrown dirt on the coffin of Nick Saban in Alabama and said, you know, George is just going to run away with this like an out of control freight train. They woke up a sleeping giant because that team, that game, that Alabama-Georgia game, first of all, they exposed Georgia as a, a team that has zero at the quarterback position and played a lot of cupcakes in building up that world-class defense. They played a lot of Vanderbilts. But Nick Saban reminded everyone, you know, when I have to coach and I have to win, and you doubt us, and not only am I going to win, but I'm going to win, and then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to, you know— make love to the coach's wife, Ooh. cook myself breakfast in their kitchen, Whoa. and then, you know, take the kids to Disneyland. Whoa. <laughs> you know, so... Fantastic analogy. So Nick Saban, I mean, he he just... He, every time you want to say it's over for him, and Alabama's not, you know, it's not the girl she used to be, he proves you wrong. In that game, if there was any doubt that Bryce Young was going to win the Heisman Trophy, and I was one of those doubters... You know, after the Auburn-Alabama game, I thought, well, maybe this guy's good, but he's not great. He's a freshman. He'll be more years from to win. What he did against Georgia, unbelievable. And they did. They won both of those games without one of their two best receivers. When they're at full strength with Mechie and with Williams, those two all-world receivers, they're unstoppable. And when they have one, they're almost unstoppable. It's just it's amazing that they just the, – the, the talent just keeps rolling through – um, the defense played great. They said to Georgia, you're going to have to throw the ball if you're going to beat us. And they did. They threw it a lot to this. They got this great tight end named Powers that's going to be in the NFL next year. But they couldn't run the ball. And so 
Alabama just said, fine, we, you just keep throwing the ball. Your quarterback stinks, and we're going to win. And that's exactly what happened. And Alabama looks unbeatable now. They look like Alabama from – look, they're not Alabama from last year. When they had Mac Jones and Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and all the guys that are you know first-round picks playing in the NFL right now. But they're really good. And so, you know, I wouldn't bet against Michigan. They're on a roll. Hey, and with that, their their defense and their offense, they're gonna just they're gonna I don't know if they're gonna crush Georgia. But Georgia's gonna realize when you play really good teams with good defenses, you're not gonna roll up big scores like you did when you play Vanderbilt, Alabama, Birmingham, and mm-hmm. you know, South Carolina State, whoever they played. And Cincinnati, thanks for showing up. There's some lovely parting gifts for you on the way out. Listen, Cincinnati, don't you must leave the bus running when you get to the when you get to the Cotton Bowl on December 31st. Just leave the bus running. We'll make it quick for you, and then you can go back to Cincinnati. I'm happy for them. It's a great story. They deserve to be there, but they haven't played any Alabamas on their schedule. This is a team that squeaked by Tulsa and Navy. And was was being threatened by Houston, a top twenty team, I, I grant you, uh, but they haven't faced in the Alabamas. Okay, so you know, ex Ohio State coach though running the show there, you know, maybe they keep it close, but I, the, color me surprised if it's <laughs> Cincinnati and anybody and and you know Georgia in the final game. Which now that I've said it's going to be Alabama, Michigan, it's probably going to be Cincinnati, Georgia, but whatever. ESPN's got to be happy because they got some they big They still got games. roll tide. That's all they need. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, if they get Ohio State and or Alabama in the final four, that's it. Their, their, their work that's is it. done here. Done. Fine. Done. So, so yeah, it. it's, um, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Um, I like the games on New Year's Eve. Yeah, speaking you know, of the bowls, uh, tell me about the Akai Bowls and the no. Soup Bowls. There's so many. Uh, look, salad bowls. Who's playing in the salad bowl? I'm, you know, it's surprising there isn't a game called the right? salad bowl. Right. Um, let me just. I have the entire list here. So everybody, ready? I'm going to start reading from the top, starting on December 17th with the Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee versus Toledo, and I'm going to go all the way through. No, I'm not. Don't worry. I'm just looking for uh, the wackiest names. I love the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State, Wyoming. Uh, the Gasparilla Bowl. Nice. That, sound, that sounds like what Paul had when he got back from New Orleans. Ooh, yes. I got Gasparilla. Uh, Florida versus UCF. The Frisco. Okay. If you call yourself a classic, Frisco football classic, Miami of Ohio versus North Texas. Frisco? Classic. I don't know if that's a classic game. Uh, the Quick Lane Bowl, Western Michigan versus Nevada. Neither of those teams are from Frisco. Yeah. Um Hey, Maryland going to the Pinstripe Bowl to be played at Ooh. Yankee Stadium versus Georgia Tech. Uh, no. Come on. Oh, here we go. The Cheez It Bowl. Yes. Iowa State versus Clemson. How the mighty have fallen. Yes. After years of playing for the national championship, you're now in the Cheez It Bowl. Is ESPN even covering that State. game? Actually, they are. Um, and then, of course, my least favorite bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. North. Versus South Carolina. How great. Yeehaw. Now, the games that matter, the, what they call the New Year's Six, the Peach Bowl is Michigan State versus Pitt. That should be a good game on the 30th. The Cotton Bowl and Orange Bowl hosting the semifinals this year. Um, 
Outback Bowl on January 1st, Arkansas and Penn State. That should be. You're going to watch that one, right? I certainly will. Uh, Citrus Bowl, Kentucky versus Iowa. Fiesta Bowl. You're Yamamoto. Yeah. Penn State. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. The Rose Bowl. Such an odd Rose Bowl game. Ohio State, that's old school, versus Utah. And then. They love a parade in Utah. The Sugar Bowl, Baylor, uh, your Southwest or Big 12 champions versus Ole Miss. And then, strangely enough, this is so bizarre. So that's the end of the New Year's Day games. Then on January 10th is the championship game. On Tuesday, January 4th, it's an odd placement, the Texas Bowl featuring two teams not from Texas, uh, Kansas State and uh, LSU. So, uh, and most of those games, unless you're a fan of those teams, nobody's watching and nobody cares. And it's about time... Hold on. Cutie's face, it was priceless. You had no idea where I was going with that. Nope, I sure didn't. <laughs> anyway, I lost my train of thought on the whole bowl game thing. You know what? Don't watch Watch the college football playoffs. Expand the T expand it to six or eight, and let's just move on with our lives. But you want to change be a good things one. now after they just change things? Well, but they haven't changed the playoffs. They 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 made it four, you know, they didn't make it six. At least six. And but we can get into that when they when those are, those proposals are on the table. We'll get into we that can go through all the arguments. Show. What our Christmas Day show? Yes, we can go through all the arguments about player safety and the season being too long and being out of school. And I'll swat them down like flies because they're stupid straw man arguments that people make that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that was incredibly, incredibly obnoxious of me to say that, but I don't care. Fucking Rob, open it up a little bit there. All right, buddy. No, I don't I like care. I think, sometimes I believe this is a therapy session for me and you. Everything I do is a therapy session. How do you session. feel on Thursdays after our shows? I feel pretty good. I, I, Wednesdays after our show, it's a tremendous relief. You it's, go to sleep after our show, so. Oh, I do, but it's a tremendous, it's well, it's well-deserved sleep. Because I, I exhaust you. <laughs> yes, you certainly do. Especially when I interrupt you with musical interludes. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the show so long? I don't know. <laughs> Folks, right away, he's looking at the clock going, Jesus Christ, Cuthbert's doing it again. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> All right, buddy. How are uh, Luho's doing? How'd they oh. finish things up? So you remember that this their first-year coach, Kevin Kelly, had this strategy of we're not going to punt <laughs> and we're going to go for it every fourth down. That That's how we're going to win. So they finished uh, 0-8 in conference, 2-9 overall, 0-9 against Division I teams. Uh, they were 2-4 and at home, 0-5 on the road, and they lost their last nine in a row after, after an on-fire 2-0 start. 
They finished the season two and nine. I thought um, the Islanders were doing bad. So here's here's some numbers from the end of the season. Uh, 13 punts for an average of 28 yards per punt, including nine in the final four games. 84 fourth down attempts. 84. 29 converted for a 35% rate. Nice, Not nice too job. good. 48 onside kicks. Four, 48. 48 sitting in the stands for these guys in 11 games. That's an average of over four onside kicks a game. Uh, 29 converted. I'm sorry. That would be great. A couple sorry. Of games with the nine, nine recovered. Now, that's, that's, you know, 20%. That's actually better that's than all. NFL that's, teams. Is the special teams coach still with them. <laughs> uh, 44 touchdown passes and 34 interceptions. So there you go. Next year, hopefully it's a better year. Oh, they, they ended the season losing 54 to 15 to St. Thomas, uh, a school that was making its first its first program jump from Division three to Division one. So their first year playing in the big big boys, playing with the big boys, St. Thomas finished seven and three, six and two in that league after beating the the Hose 54. Maybe next year for uh... Yuck City. Hey, buddy. First of all, I want to thank you very much for giving us the final Blue Hose recap. It's wonderful. Um, I was a little silly about it in the, in the beginning of, uh, our return here, uh, after the, um, summer and stuff talking about the blue hose and you, you ran with it for me, man. And we talked about them every week and, um, I love it. It's, it's close to my heart and I appreciate everything you've done. And I, hey, think, no what problem. We, I think what we should do preseason next year before the blue hose start is interview, uh, the grounds crew, some of the people <laughs> who take the tickets. <laughs> Because I want to know what that experience. Is. We should just we should interview a student. We should interview someone that goes to the game. Someone who's game. not connected to the team. That way, it's an honest and forthright. Those people are hired through Craigslist to get in there. Yes, all twenty of them. Oh, it's one of those situations where you call up and say, "What time is the game?" and they answer, "What time can you be here?" So you know, it's one of one of those situations. Um, Fantastic. And real quick. So, as we talked about, Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame for LSU. Oh, Lincoln yeah. Riley jumps ship from Oklahoma to USC. Um, and then my mind just went blank. What was the other big move? Oh, no. It's, it's, yeah. it's finally – dementia's finally caught up with me. <laughs> I know I'm forgetting one that's huge. Guy, the, the senator, uh, the congressman or something said. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the coaching moves. I feel like I'm missing one. Yeah, no, but Isn't that... the, the coaching move was one of the – it was from the – Well, no, that was, that was Lincoln Riley to USC. Oh, oh. And let, me just, and let me just say about Lincoln yeah, Riley. Kelly, are you? No, I, I was the first one. I said Brian Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma well, to USC. And I feel like I'm missing one. Um, but anyway, uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, Lincoln, let me just talk about Lincoln Riley for a minute. You want to go jump ship. Coaches can jump ship. Players can now jump ship with the transfer portal. You know, live and let live, free market, enterprise, all that bullshit. But he said to his players and to the press when they thought he was going to LSU, Lincoln Riley, he said, not only am I not going to LSU, but I'm committed to staying at Oklahoma. And then five minutes later, he goes to USC. So, you know, I don't mind if you go, but just say either say no comment or say nothing. But don't say you're not going one place and you're committed to staying at the place where you already are. This smells like old Robert Ursay 
Now, for those of us that live in Maryland, the name Ursay brings a chill down our spine, like the name Angelos. Ursay, the now deceased former owner of the Baltimore Colts, said, and I remember this vividly, he got off his private plane, he was met at the airport uh, a few days before he moved the team to Indianapolis, and he said, I have no plans. What a bag of shit this guy was. He gets off the plane, he says, I have no plans to move the Colts to St. Louis or to Arizona. I'm sorry, to Arizona. There was already a team in St. Louis. I have no plans to move the Colts to Arizona. There was no team in Arizona at this point. No Phoenix Cardinals. And you know what? That was 100% true. And then a few days later, off to Indianapolis. Never said said I wasn't moving them to Indianapolis. I said I have no plans to move them to Arizona. What a lying, two-faced bag of shit that guy was. Hey, hey, hey. And, you know, I mean, you know what? It's just as bad as... Firing 900 people over Zoom is in the middle of the night hiring college kids from local colleges to come and help move the team out of its facilities onto moving vans in the dead of night. And that's what he did. Some people would say that's smart management. Imagine waking up. I think there's a story about how whoever was supposed to come to the team that morning, one of the first people to arrive, gets there and he's like, what, were we robbed? I believe some of the employees thought they'd been robbed because the facilities were cleaned out in the middle of the night and the Colts were gone. Anyway... Um, so good luck, Lincoln Riley, but just, you know what? A little more honesty. I don't mind you moving, but don't say you're not going, Hey, Mr. don't look over Cuny, here. Did you just... look over here, but don't look over there. I'm, I'm going to tell you LSU here while I'm talking to USC over here. I know nobody can see me holding my arms out, but that's what he, he did. It was a little, you know, pay no attention to the school behind the curtain. Look at me staying at Oklahoma, not talking about LSU. Not talking about moving. Love Oklahoma. And then saying, psst, to USC, I'll see you in five minutes, suckers. So, buddy. Oh. The word, and then I will the word let honesty. you move on. The word honesty is gone. Over. But I would have mad respect for him if he said, I'm leaving Oklahoma as soon as I can get out of here. I would have, I'd be like, great. Everybody... Other players are doing it now with the transfer portal. As soon as they can leave, they leave. And I'm all, I'm okay with all that. Just, you know, don't pull an Ursay. Anyway. You are, you are watching too much Disney Plus. That's all I can say to you. Here, Here's the, the shot that uh, uh, State Senator Bill Coleman, Republican, by the way, of Ponca City in Oklahoma as a response to Lincoln Riley. has proposed a bill on Tuesday that would rename Three Inches <laughs> – of a westbound lane of State Highway 325 in the Panhandle is, quote, Lincoln Riley Highway. Now you're thinking, why would you want to name a highway after a guy who left your school? And he said, this is Senator uh, Coleman, I felt the state of Oklahoma needed an appropriate goodbye to this former head coach whose sudden departure left many in shock, including a team of young, dedicated college players, Coleman said in news release. I found the tiniest section of our most desolate highways to pay tribute to Coach Riley's exit from Oklahoma, football, and the state. This is only fitting as this is the last three inches one sees before leaving our great state and heading west. <laughs> uh, round of applause for Senator Coleman. So there you go. I thought that was a, what a great way. What a great send off. A great way to say thanks. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, Coach Riley. So good luck to him. Good luck to all of us. Yes, good luck to all of us. Good luck to all the fan bases, those who've been hurt, betrayed. 
Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't have any, you know, look, I, you know, man, with players and coaches in, in all sports right now, and then the fucking money, it's just like, yep. you know, do you think, you don't think, you think Kelly gives a rat's ass about any, what anybody from Notre Dame, the fans, the, the money he just fucking got. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it's just, it's unreal. When you think how this country has come out of, um, quarantine and dealt with all that stuff with the pandemic and everything. And you look at, and this is college sports, the money these guys are making. These are the coaches, obviously. But look at, I mean, I mean, baseball now, we'll get into it a little bit with the CBA and everything like that. But, I mean, did you see all the contracts that were handed out before? I mean, dear Lord. It's crazy, man. It's hard to uh, to really feel any. Well, I, I, mean, I won't go down that road. I would just say that it seems like sports has recovered uh, after twenty twenty. So you think? You know, I and again, let the free market decide. I don't mind. You know, be my guest, but just you know, as I said, just if you'd come out and said ah, Oklahoma's a dump. I'm out of here. Who, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to live in Southern California? Look at the house. The houses they're buying me. They're buying my houses in Oklahoma. I have a private jet. I'm in California. The Coliseum. Come on. I'd be like, okay, great. Knock yourself out. Of course, I don't live in Oklahoma. I don't play for the Sooners. But still, I've flown good luck. O- I've flown over Oklahoma. I, I have too. I'm, I'm sure I was asleep during that time. But again, I say, good luck to all of us. Shall we? Shall we, we shall. Move? Hey, buddy, great job on uh, the college football. I know we got the playoffs coming up and everything else, but uh, I, I want to tip my hat to you, my friend. Great this job. guy, you're so complimentary today. Yeah, you're, you're you're welcome. You know your shit, Rob. I'm, in, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm over here pressing buttons and stuff and listening like everybody yeah. else on the other side of the glass. But uh, well done. Well, thank you. You're pushing the buttons well. And you know what? You're the, the wizard with the, the production. Right now. Yeah, I'm pushing a button right now. All right, there we go. Look, I know you got to go to bed, so I'm trying to move along. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's go. Let's do it. Come on, chop, chop. Time now, ladies and gentlemen, to head to the hardwoods, the hockey rinks. And, uh, hey, we usually say hot stove baseball at this time. Yeah. I, think the, I think the stove is off. The stove, the stove has been turned off. off. Kitchen's closed. The gas line. Anyway, put your hands together. Woo-hoo! It's time for some hockey, some hoops, and some hardball right here on Hachos. That's a lot of H's. That Talking is a lot of H's. Of wrestling fame. Where do you want to start there, Mr. Cooney? We can Would go you... skating on the ice. We can run down on the uh, on the hardwood there. Or we could uh, we could sit back like the uh, the owners of the Major League Baseball teams. We well, just put a cigar in the mouth and say, I just hey. want to say, we usually... We usually start with hockey, and I'll let you do your open skate with the NHL, but I just want to say, whatever you're going to talk about, whatever news you're going to talk about, I have two words for you. To me, there's only one story, and that is Bruce Boudreaux. Back and better than ever with the Canucks. Another So there's another team that he can drive up the standings and then destroy in the playoffs. So good luck, Vancouver. He's going to win you some games. Oh, yes. You're going to win games with him, and then you get to the playoffs and realize he just changes his whole coaching philosophy, 
in the playoffs. And if your goalie gives up a goal, he's going to start swapping goalies in and out like they're, you know, disposable Kleenex. So good luck, Vancouver fans. And now I will turn the floor over to you, Mr. Cuthbert. Nah, buddy, look, I, you know, I hit you up when I saw the news on, on the Twitter feed there. And I said, look who's back, baby. Good old Brucey Boudreau, you know, uh, I mean, they did a house cleaning there at Vancouver. You know, General manager, president, coach, and they said Bruce Boudreaux. That was in your whole Rolodex. That was the first name that you came up with. Well, this is the crazy thing about the NHL, as far as you know, they, they you know cleaning house, firing guys. These guys, everybody's just taking turns at other teams. Well, it's it's really. I mean, Mike Yo now. I mean, the Minnesota fame is now. You know, I mean, I imagine. I'd be I'd be really shocked if Rick Tockett eventually doesn't get that flyer job. You know, that's the word on the street. That yeah, he's and the, I'd love to see that. that. I'm sure the flyer fans would love to see it. I don't say think it's going to be. A, I I don't know if the Flyers are ever ever going to win anything ever again. I, I think there's a curse going on over there, one way or the other. And I'm okay with that. With Philly never yeah, winning. Yeah, yeah, the filthy Flyers. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah, but hey, look, uh, look, Bruce, 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 he's a rip man. I mean, it was he was hysterical in his press conference. And I tell you, man, watching him, and he joked about it, too, watching him get back on the ice, skate for practice. And he said it in his uh, press conference when he met the press out there in Vancouver. He goes, I was scared, man. Like, you know, because he probably, he's been, I mean, you can see how big he is. He's been sitting back no. doing, you know. Uh, he looks like Burl Ives. Oh, man. I know. Another reference for those that are only, only, only those over the age of 100 will understand that. But, look, if I was if he hadn't coached the caps into the ground, I, I, you know, I'd have no problem with Bruce Boudreau. I'd be like, hey, he's great for the league. He's a fun personality. I, he was great on, um, what was the NHL's version of Hard Knocks? Because uh, oh, yeah, they followed, the, you remember that, that TV? Was, they uh, followed the was, caps around. Yeah, and it was, was just uh, the one, one of the classics. One of the winter classics. Yeah, uh, it was just, you know, he's good for the game, I admit. Everybody loves him, man. He's a rip. I, yeah, I just, no thank you. But hey, Vancouver, you know, maybe, maybe he changes his stripes up there and Western Canada. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought Travis Green was going to make it up there. Um, you know, Vancouver itself, uh, everything that it's going through, you know, since Tortorella and everything else. And so once the Sedin Tings, the Sedin Tings, the Sedin Twins have departed and stuff. But, I mean, look, they got some good uh, young prospects there in Vancouver. I mean, the NHL right now is is very weird in a weird kind of place as far as, you know, who's at the top of the league here and who's, down at the bottom. My Rangers now are getting a dose of reality against Colorado Avalanche at the Garden right now. They're down uh, 6-2, I believe, at this time. And they had uh, rolling into the Garden feeling happy tonight. Uh, well, seven, seven, seven wins in a row. Yeah, but now it's, uh, you know, they're getting their asses handed them. And every uh, all the fan base, was we were saying, said the Avs are going to be a great test tonight because the Avs are now, for the first time, fully healthy. Um, they probably still have some questions in net. But, man, when you're putting up six points with, uh, with that roster... Um, and it looks like everybody on the team has scored except the coach right now. Um, you know, but and, this and is, the game isn't over yet, so just wait. Maybe he'll score in the second period here. So, uh, but you know what? Every time a, you know teams need this every once in a while, you need a little gut punch to to bring it back down. Look, the Rangers are fine. They've banked a ton of points, thirty-seven points here after twenty-four games. Uh, Ranger fans will take it after the big changes. Uh, I saw a guy tweet last night. He says, "I can't believe Tom Wilson is responsible." Responsible for the New York Rangers turning there. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. And yes, you got you got two games in hand over the Caps, who are still at the quarter pole uh, in first place. Great, they're doing all right. And Caps this without this without there, Backstrom. You know? I know. Yeah. 
So, and you know, I, my hat's off to Florida, who's weathered the storm of you know what happened with Coach Q, and they're still you know the one of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, now you can start making some. You know, you always got to wait to about a quarter way through the season before you can start saying anything definitive about teams. Um, but it, it gets a long year. Well, I mean, it, look, the the big circle, obviously, is and and that's that team in 29th place right now. And that's your New York Islanders, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody, I mean, obviously they've they've run through injuries. Obviously they've run through COVID. Everything kind of hit them at once. And every team that's basically gone through that, except for some of the, uh, like the, the Sharks have kind of turned things around a little bit. But, you know, as far as getting hit with COVID and all that other stuff, Carolina's going through this right now. D'Angelo, a couple guys went down. But the New York Islanders, I mean, they got the win last night against Ottawa. But... Yep. I, I had mentioned yesterday eleven games. I was joking around. <laughs> said the the uh, um, the concert season in May and June at the new arena here in Long Island is going to depend heavily yeah. on the next eleven games by the New right. York Islanders because uh, you know this is the thing right now. They always say Christmas time. Some say Thanksgiving. If you're in the bottom there, you're not making the playoffs. So I think it's safe to start booking concerts and events at yeah. the new arena out there in Belmont. But then again, you know, uh, Barubi and St. Louis, they, they, they had that amazing run there a couple of years ago when they were really down and out, you know, at uh, the halfway mark of the season. Uh, there was a season before COVID, obviously, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I love the way Calgary's playing. I love Coach Sutter, man. He's, his post-conferences is just a dream uh, to watch. If I, would, I would recommend anybody to follow the Calgary Flames uh, Twitter account uh, because that's always a gas. Um, the kids in Anaheim are playing great, man. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff as far as at the top. Look at the Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightnings. And our buddy Kucherev, buddy, he's skating, man. He might come back early instead of waiting until the playoffs. So, But there you go, man. The Leafs are the Leafs. They'll, they'll look good all season long. They got their asses handed. That was some game. Did you see that Winnipeg Jets-Toronto game? Any highlights? No. No. Nope. Wow. Kneeings, fights, brutal. Suspensions. Uh, love it. Yeah, love it too, man. So uh anyway, there you go. I mean, you know, it's it's December eighth, ladies and gentlemen, in the National Hockey League. The league uh officiating is still horrible. We've got some it the, a lot of the shit in the NHL right now is same old stuff to be honest with you. And just let's let's see what's going on around April. Yeah, it's, but we're, it's, we're, we're still going to enjoy this. We're still going to talk about it. Of course. It, but... Just way too early to start making any proclamations, except about the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> and about Bruce Boudreaux. I would tell you I was hitting them because uh, they opened up the new arena here, obviously, since we've been on. Uh, mm-hmm. They've lost their four, first four games there, or five games there, a couple of overtime losses as well. But um, it's gorgeous. I haven't been in it yet. We've seen more than enough of it here online. My brother has season tickets. Uh, it's been to every game. It's gorgeous. The concerts have opened up, and um, it's something else. But uh, the the jokes are hysterical. Like the lines at the bathroom are still a little long. Well, it's like, well, if the street came, the street keeps up, you won't have to worry about that too much longer. But anyway, I digress. But there you go. So um, hockey's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oops, baby. Yeah, um, I, you know, again, still like with hockey, way it's too early four, to tell right? anything. They played five it's, games. Uh, they've 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 played uh, twenty, about the same number of games as they played in hockey. Um, really, what you that you tune in for 
is for your update on our Ingleside Lakers, yes. who are comfortably in six, the sixth seed currently in the West at uh, 13 and 12 on a one game winning streak, five and five in their last 10 games. Um, you know, their coach, Frank Vogel, appears to be on the hot seat, even though, you know, a year and a half ago, he won the NBA title in the shortened season, the bubble season. Um, you know, Brooklyn's on top in the East with no Kyrie Irving, which is probably a blessing. Uh, Golden State and Phoenix are on top in the West, uh, both with 20-4 and four records. Steph Curry's playing out of his mind. He's so far as the MVP. And there's a lot of hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing in Milwaukee because they're only in third oh. in the Eastern Conference. Mm. Folks, we got a long, long season ahead of us. So, what do you think about uh, that whole uh, LeBron James uh, fisticuffs, the elbows, the attacks, no, uh, uh, and all that stuff, the slaps on the wrist? I mean, he's a he's a clown show. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you know you you I, I I I saw you know the highlights of it. it. It appeared to me like they both acted. He and Stewart, I think that's his name, both acted intentionally. Um, and, you know, it's LeBron James. I'm surprised he got any sort of uh, suspension or penalty. And, you know, he should have just left well enough alone. He should have accepted his suspension and said, yeah, all right, it's unfortunate. And there you go. I just think, you know, LeBron, he's, hey, at the end of the day, he's human like the rest of us, you know? And he's, he's stay this, 36 years old playing like he's 56 with all the miles and all the games, but he's still, you know, he's doing his best to carry that team because the rest of them, you know, this experiment's not working out the way they thought it would. I said, Frank Vogel, some people think he's on the hot seat. I think, you know, the fact that he's holding that team together with chicken wire and chewing gum uh, and they've won more games they've lost is quite impressive. But again, 25 games. We got 57 more to go. Let's see where the team is. Their benchmark here, of course, is Christmas, um, the Christmas Day game, the most important game on the NBA calendar. Um, and then we'll see where we're at by President's Day. You know, and then we can start really starting to see which teams are going to rise and which teams are going to fall. Yeah, you're not going to be paying attention. You've already got your President's Day plan, right? Oh, yeah. Right, listen, I won't be paying much attention to anything until February 14th, which is the day after the Super Bowl. That's the only so. reason? I know it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Valentine's Day, romance. Come on, get out of here. Get out of here. What do you get me this year, man? Don't get you me know. chocolate. I'm on a diet. Thank you very much. I'm I'm giving you my my love and admiration. Ain't oh. that enough? Yes, it's true. You will have total. You will achieve total consciousness, which is nice. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Very very nice. All right, pal. Uh, Major League Baseball. Which we oh. both love so dearly, is uh, yeah. is locked out. Yeah, well, let me let me let me tell you something. The, my the million, the multi 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 millionaires club is taking a break because they're not. You know, they have. I mean, can you imagine having all that money and you can't make this work? Uh, if on both sides, both sides like like most times when the and it. When the uh, MLB is locked out, there's really no winning side here. You know, it's it was one thing when the players had no free agency, and you felt really bad for them because they couldn't make the same living, the same capitalistic living that the owners did. But now, everyone it's millionaires 
and billionaires. But I will tell you this. It's December 8th, as we point out about 100 times now. They're quote-unquote locked out. It's December. It's the hot stove league. It's winter meetings. It's free agent signings. Nothing is happening. It's not. In fact, the timing of this couldn't be better because now the owners can put away their checkbooks, kind of regroup. They've given some big contracts already, but now they can kind of regroup and say, all right, let's see if we can negotiate our way into paying less money. But quite frankly, it's a nothing burger because there's no gate. There's no attendance. There are no games. The uh, According to Jeff Passon of ESPN, the date to look out for is February 1st. That's when they start ramping up to spring training. Once those spring training games, which I know are not huge revenue producers, once those get threatened, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of movement. Right now, who cares? Nothing's happening anyway. It's the dumbest time for a lockout uh, if you know, you're trying to get movement on either side because nothing is happening. All you've really done is stopped paying outrageous salaries and contracts or giving out outrageous contracts. So they're just taking a break. They're taking the winter off. They're having, they're on Christmas vacation. Uh, those that are worried that, oh, no, baseball is not going to be played next year. Uh, it's please, please call me on February 1st. I guarantee you by February 1st. What's the number, Rob? What's the number? It's 911. Okay. Uh, ask for me by name. Thank you very much. It's, it's the Sports Honchos hotline. <laughs> I mean, baseball has problems, and they're not all economic. But I hope they take this time during the lockout to figure out, besides when the free agency clock starts and service time starts, they got to figure out a way to drag this game into the 21st century. Because, you know, it's wrong to say the game is too slow. The game is not boring and slow. The game just has a terrible pace to it. They got to figure out a way to pick up the pace of these games. Games going three and a half, four hours, a meaningless regular season game in August between two last place teams that goes four hours. They got to figure out a way to, they got to, they got to do some radical things. Pitch clock, enforce the rule about batters staying in the batter's box. I don't want to hear any Michigas about lowering the mound or you know, pushing it out another two to four inches, just play baseball in under three hours. Yeah, because think uh, of the guys who got to sweep the uh, the aisles. You know, I mean, yeah. they got to wait till everybody leaves. So That's yeah, a long they need. Night. That's a it long is. Night. I mean, but wait, right, they just need to figure out during this time they got to get their shit together, both players and owners, and actually find a way to deal with each other. Because Manfred and Tony Clark, man, talk about the blind leading the blind. Oh, but I they mean, did they... write a nice letter, though. Oh, oh sure, it was wonderful. I'm sure, somebody wrote that. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they are, the two of them, you know what they're doing? Those two are like Thelma and Louise, holding hands in the convertible at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Right over a cliff, the two of them. We don't care what it's happens. It's a heaping pile of money. Yeah, we're in this together. We don't care what happens. It's just, it's a, It's terrible. Where's where are Donald Fear and Marvin Miller when you really need them? I know that Marvin Miller's not exactly negotiating contracts these days, but Don Fear's still with us. Donald Fear is making money for the NHL players. Yeah, the NHL oh, said we we got we like this guy. We're going to keep him. And maybe they note, could maybe they could lend him to the players' union for twenty minutes to work this out. Yeah, it's, it worked out for them. Oh, side note too, but back to the NHL. Uh, it was announced today that the New York Rangers mm. are the first two billion dollar franchise. Not surprising. Two. A billion. A billion. It's not so surprising. So now they can lower the pretzel and the beer prices at the Garden. 
Perhaps. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's I'm sure that's the first thing on their list. Imagine they were just waiting after quarantine, a pandemic. They got the nerve to announce that they're now worth two billion dollars. Yeah, what kind that's of um, world are we living in, Rob? I not the right one, apparently. All right. Not uh, so, so relax, everyone. Baseball yeah. is going to be played next year, all 162 games, and hopefully at a slightly faster pace. And if they need scabs, me and Rob, you could try out for the Baltimore Orioles. I'm ready. I'll play for the Yanks. I'm ready. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, Tonight's sure. That'd be great. Cuny versus Cuthbert. And what I want, and what I want you to do is what Costanza did in Seinfeld. I want you to put on Babe Ruth's jersey, yeah, and I want you to smear, you know, strawberries on it while you're. What was the other episode with the cotton uniforms or something? Right, the wool. All right, he suggested why to wear cotton because it's a breathe more breathable fabric. That was the best though was when he tried to get fired. And, you know, he's driving around with the World Series trophy tied to the back of his car, doing donuts in the parking lot, chipping the trophy. <laughs> and it just oh, backfires because Steinbrenner likes the way he likes his moxie for the way he talks to him. What a great show. Available now on Netflix, by the way, all episodes. Not a sponsor, but. And if you ain't watching Larry David, curb your enthusiasm. Man. Great season so far. Oh, my Lord. Laugh out loud. Good for the soul. Good yep. for Soul. All right, one more note on the MLB. You got some news about um, some Hall yep. of Fame uh, changes. Uh, so dates. the Hall of Fame, in an attempt to get more players in that should have been in years ago, they have these new what they call ERAs, E-R-A-S committee. Um, and so the most recent inductees, people who have been overlooked and who certainly should have been in a long time ago, Buck O'Neill, Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, Minnie Minoso, Tony Oliva, and Bud Fowler. Uh, were named to the. They will take their place along with the 2022 uh, players that were will be inducted from the Baseball Writers of America. They're voting. Um, so the two committees. There's the Early Baseball Era Committee, uh, which is anyone who contributed to the game prior to 1950. So that would be uh, O'Neill, Buck O'Neill, and Bud Fowler, and then the Golden Days Era Committee which is anyone who contributed between 1950 and 1969, and that would be Hodges, Cott, Minoso, and Oliva. Uh, Jim Cott and Tony Oliva are the only two of those that group still alive. The rest have passed away and, and long ago, although Minoso most recently 2015. So these are players who should have gotten in before they died, but now at least they'll be honored uh, deservedly so, especially Minnie Minoso and yeah, Some good MLB and Gil news. Hodges. Yeah. Yeah, so see, they may not the players and owners may not be able to get their shit together, but the Hall of Fame's like, you know, here's some, you know, we're going to just get more people in under the tent. They keep changing the rules of who's eligible, who's not, how long you stay on the ballot, but but they're finding a way by hook or by crook to get in players that should again should have been honored long ago. Willie Montañez have a shot. I'm sure he does. I'm awesome. sure they'll find a way. Awesome. <laughs> Right, but they gotta right. get it. They gotta get Andy Pettit in the Hall of Fame. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. What are we? What are we doing here? It'll happen. It'll happen. If It'll Jack happen. Morris is in the Hall of Fame, well, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. I know. You know the thing. The great thing about Andy Pettit, and I'll just say this before we move on to football, is as someone who is not allowed to like the Yankees, being an AL East resident, he was one of those Yankees that how do you not like him? 
It was great and humble. And that's not a quality you find in a lot of superstars. Well, that's what HGH will do to you. It'll make you humble. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be a Yankee fan. I am. I can joke like that because that, that, none of that shit matters, man. None of no, it matters. It, not didn't matter for him. No. It's, it's, it's his his pal Roger Clemens. That's another story. But him, it didn't really hey, matter. He's a Yankee champ too, man. Hey, leave him alone. It's all right. All hey, right. All, everybody takes vitamins every day. It's good, you know. You know what's what's weird one more note what's weird about or odd erotic whatever about both clemens and bonds did you say erotic erotic yes um <laughs> they're both incredibly dreamy men if if right around you know 92 1992 if both of them if clemens and bonds had retired i don't know about first ballot may own bonds case yes but both would be in the hall of fame right now just on what they did the first you know five to ten years of their career the first decade they were in baseball was good enough to stamp their ticket to the Hall of Fame, especially Barry Bonds. So it's all the stuff they did later that killed it for him. But anyway, that's 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 summertime talk, not fall talk. That's all right. Okay. And actually, because of the lockout, we're not allowed to talk about baseball anymore because of the lockout. Sorry. True. Yeah, we sorry. apologize. And yeah, uh, sorry. We we violated and rules. Those of you listening live, bonus. Yeah. When this goes sorry. up, it'll be edited. Sorry. Take we'll it talk out. about baseball again in February. All right, we ready to bring in our two NFL uh, experts, yes. uh, favorites. We haven't it's been a while. them in three weeks here, and uh, we'll bring them back, and uh, we'll talk some uh, national mediocre league. We almost had to fire I them. Can't even speak, man. I, look, I want to apologize to everybody. Okay, I was in New Orleans last week. I'm a little slow getting back to the uh, the New York pace of things here. Yeah, Paul's right. running on fumes, everyone. Anyway, we'll bring in our two NFL experts to kick off our NFL segment here. Our coverage of the National Mediocrity League continues right here on the Sports Conscious. Wow. Al, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel wow. about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? This is very exciting. Yeah, it is, fella. All oh, right on, amigo. Damn straight. Damn straight. <laughs> Fucking A. Fucking A, right. Every time makes me smile. It's awesome. All right, buddy, we're back. How many weeks are left? We're in week 13. It's almost over, Rob. For God's sakes. We got four more, five more weeks. This is week 13. Hey, pal, guess who? Guess who's leading the NFL in touchdown passes and yards? You know who it is? That's the right. Kid in Philadelphia. That's right. Tom Brady. Yeah. Question. Will he throw more touchdown passes than years he has been on this planet? I don't know. How about yards? Will he throw for more yards than years he has been on this planet? Stay tuned on that one. But leading the league. Touchdown Tom Brady. And not by a little bit. By a lot. So as we round into week 13. Or into week 14 I should say. We know two things. Besides that Tom Brady is still... Top of his game. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. One day, someone's going to fi- we're going to find out that maybe there was a little bit of chemical shenanigans to all this. But for now, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. We know two things. One, the AFC after the Patriots is filled with pretenders. Every team is either a fraud or flawed in some way. Thirteen of the sixteen teams are in playoff contention in the AFC. So again, not minus New York, minus Houston, minus Jacksonville, and in the NFC. 
it begins and ends with three teams. There's Tampa, there's Green Bay, and there's Arizona. One of those three teams represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I won't, okay, I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead. Go. No, no well, go ahead. Before no, I, I go I on my... In, my... in my NFL preseason, I believe Tampa and Green Bay were the two teams that I said would be there at the end. Thank you very much. All right. Well, kudos to you for picking, you know, the two favorites. But The only okay. good teams in the league. That's what I you know. Mean. Didn't say only good ones. Just saying and there's the great. Turning things around. And there's, I'm not even counting the Cowboys in that because they're certainly flawed. And if they lose to the Wolfskins on Sunday in a game that actually means something for the first time Jesus in six years. You know, we'll see. But they're not. Again, there's three teams in the NFC and there's a lot of other teams that are contending, mediocre? but not really, but me, not me, really in their mediocre? class. Is that the word you were going to? Mediocre. Do we have to go through the hockey standings to find that all the teams that are sub-500, pal? I know you like to think it's Dude, mediocre. All this is the National Football League. This is the big money league. This is the best fucking league in the world. This is the biggest fans. International superstars playing in London, playing all over the place. Give me a break. These guys make more money, you know, just to freaking stay on the sidelines and not do anything. Than anybody else in any other league. Don't you go there. This Actually, guy, every team the, should be 10 and 10. Uh, baseball players make far more than football players. Basketball players, far more than football but players. Only the owners, the owners make a slow. Baseball make that money. Everybody in the NFL makes the money, even the punters and the kickers. Hey, they're important. Wouldn't you love to be a punter on a National Football League team? Not Come the on. guy in Detroit. He's no good. No. <laughs> no. All right. So, you know, I got a lot of stuff here. So let me see if I can trim the fat out of all of this. There were a lot of a lot of good games this past week. Actually, I'm going to I'm now going to go through all the games we missed since the last time we were on the air in the second or the third right, hour. Put on American Pie by Don yeah. McLean while you do that. In the, <laughs> in the director's cut of uh, the I'm, I've suddenly just lost my train of thought thinking about American Pie and Don McLean. In the director's cut. <laughs> you know cut. how long that song is. Right. That's what I'm trying in, to say. In the director's cut of tonight's show. Look, um, I'm not going to go through all of the games we saw. I will go through some of the highlights. Um, I will start with my own Wolfskins. Wolfskins 17, Raiders 15. Two straight 17 to 15 victories for the Wolfskins. Two, two, two consecutive games with 17-15 scores. Two, two or Lou, what'd you say? Yeah, I, I <laughs> choked on something. I'm not sure how, how often that happens in the NFL, going back-to-back 17-15 wins. But after all of their problems, a kicker this year. The Skins won the game on a last-minute 48-yard field goal by Brian Johnson, not the lead singer of ACDC, who a week ago was languishing on the Bears practice squad. By the way, how desperate do you have to be to sign any player off of the Bears practice squad. After a two and six start, the Skins have now won four in a row. Are they elite? No, of course not. They are, however, playing very well and have a quarterback in Taylor Heineke that may not be the most skilled, but he is beloved by his team. The team believes in Heineke and feels like they have a chance to win every game with him under center. That in football is half the battle. When you when he walks into a room and you feel like, okay, we got a chance even against the best, and they beat, you know, Tom Brady, for instance. I don't think they have that kind of confidence in Ryan Fitzpatrick or in the guy um, that's behind Heineke, Kyle Allen. But don't look now, Paul, but they're in the middle of the race for the NFC East. And if they make the playoffs, crazy they will be talk. a hard out. That is crazy uh, talk. 
Chargers beat the Bengals 41-22 in a battle of the two quarterbacks of the class of 2020, Burrow and Justin Herbert. This battle goes to Herbert. The Chargers, despite a furious run in the second half by the Bengals, owned the Bengals in that game. And look, both quarterbacks played well, especially Herbert. Both are going to be really good for years, but you can't trust the Bengals. One week they are crushing the Ravens and then losing the next two to the Jets and the Browns. However, in the AFC, as I said, no team is really out of the playoff hunt unless you're the Jags, the Texans, or the Jets. The biggest news of the weekend, I know you think it's going to be the Pats over the Bills, but no, it's that's right, it's a Hanukkah miracle, friends. The Lions won their first game, 29-27 in Minnesota, and you should hear our pal Dan Campbell's post-game locker room speech. It sounded like the Lions had won the Super Bowl, which may be for them. Yes. Now that they're 1-10-1, and that might be their Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, so after 11 tries, they finally win, even though our pal Campbell tried to throw the game with that bizarre fourth and one try when they were deep in their own end losing or winning 23 to 21. They still won despite that. The Vikings, on the other hand, they're being led down that same dark path by coach Mike Zimmer that Matt Nagy is taking the Bears on. After taking that 27-21 lead, thanks to Campbell's questionable coaching with that fourth and one call, the Vikes allowed Jared Effing Goff to lead the Lions to down the field for a last-second game-winning TD. Jared Goff, he stinks. Mike Zimmer should take his young, hot, Slavic model girlfriend and live out his remaining days in a farm somewhere. His coaching career is over. I mean, what a you want to talk about a game between two just... Well, I wouldn't say Dan Campbell's a bad coach. We don't know yet. He's certainly fun. But Mike Zimmer and Matt Nagy, both in the same division, get out of here. Both whoa, of them. Whoa, whoa, this is This is the National Football League. This is professional football. This is the highest caliber of well, the game of football, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, I don't think I don't you know, knock these guys the way you are. I don't know what you're watching. But I first know of, what I'm watching. They all suck. Okay. National mediocrity. Like, this the Vikings, is news to you. The Vikings can't stop losing games in the last minute, and the Bears' offense is just the worst. It's like watching two teams from the leather helmet era. All right. Uh, the Steelers nice beat the Ravens touch. in Pittsburgh. Okay, look, no matter how big, bad Big Ben has been, try saying that ten times fast. The last couple of seasons, he still manages to bring it for games against the Ravens. This is, hands down, the best rivalry in football. The games are always knockdown, drag-out brawls in which the records don't matter. The overall record is 31-24 in favor of Pittsburgh. But since 2010, it's 13-12 Steelers. And the Steelers have won the last three. And look, Lamar Jackson, clearly one of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL every week. But the Ravens are a fraud. Sorry, Jacob. They have been winning and losing solely because of the one-man band that is Lamar Jackson and cannot be trusted to make a deep run in the playoffs. The defense is not the Ravens' defense we've been accustomed to seeing the last 20 years, and the offense is sputtering without proven running game, without a proven running game, and with no receiver to take the pressure off all-world tight end Mark Andrews. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Broncos. Here's what I'm going to say about this. The Broncos, another leather helmet era offense. If that offense could be half as good as their defense – the Broncos will be making some noise. And as for the Chiefs, you know, they've won five games in a row. And after the game against the Raiders in which uh, the Chiefs crowned, when people were ready to crown the Chiefs as the kings of the AFC, Mahomes throws five touchdown passes. You take that game out of that five-game winning streak, he's thrown two. They're winning on defense, which is completely 
a complete script flip for the Chiefs. Yes, they've won five in a row. Mahomes has looked anything super ordinary, very average. And after they their defense was just the worst in the NFL, they've now, those five games in a row, their defense is carrying them. So all of a sudden, Andy Reid has said, I'm not going to put the pressure on Mahomes. I'm going to let my defense win it. Now, the downside of that, of course, is they're not going anywhere in the playoffs if they have to rely on their defense. So If they play anybody else in the AFC, they'll be fine. That's why they've been able to come back in aim four. It's because the AFC sucks. The AFC is, as you would say, fairly mediocre. But you know who's not mediocre? The Patriots. The last game, the game Monday night, was the game of the week after the Detroit game, of course. The Bills, uh, the Patriots beat the Bills 14-10 up there in Orchard Park. Look, the Pats are right back where they belong, right back at the top of the AFC. Coach Bill Belichick has found his heir apparent Tom Brady and Mac Jones. Not that he is great, not that he will be as great, but he is the perfect fit for the Belichick offense. And look, you know why Mac Jones on Monday night threw exactly three passes? Three. Completed two or three. 66%, not bad. Uh, And this is why there is no better coach than Coach Hoodie. The game plan was simple. Rookie quarterback, hostile environment, brutal Buffalo wins, division rivals on the biggest stage, take the pressure off your rookie quarterback. Don't put the game in the hands of the rookie to carry the team. Instead, the Pats ran the ball 46 times for 222 yards and dared Buffalo to stop them, which Buffalo could not. It was like watching Nebraska in the 1970s. So I hope everyone enjoyed the break for New England dominance because now it's back. Come on, two of the wins are against the Jets. All right, so what, the 9-4? and four? They played the Jets. It's two gimmies. Give me a break. I'm looking at all the teams. That, come on. Look at this stupid, stupid, stupid schedule. Beat the they should Char- be 10 and they, they, they the should Chargers. They, Ooh, they should have Char- been 10-3. and three. They beat the Panthers, who suck. They beat the Browns, who suck. Come on, man. The only decent team that they beat, as far as I'm concerned, outside of the win the other night, it's the Titans. Give me a break. Hey, don't forget about the game they played against Tampa Bay, which in that driving wind and rain, which they should have won. But they lost. But did They lost. I'm just telling you, man. How can you sit in the AFC? There is no, there's no one else. That the New England Patriots, who've been playing against these same, look at this division for all these years. The Jets, the Bills. Are you fucking kidding me? The Dolphins. Of course, the Patriots are back to their dominant stance. Because they're playing these stupid teams all these years. Even Let me know when Brady's you're done. Because it's stupid, Rob. Give me a break. Don't be giving old Hoodie a lot of credit. He plays in a joke division. And as far as the rest of the conference is concerned, give me a break. When you got teams like the Browns in there and shit and the Bengals, come on. Give me a break. I told you it was three teams that were going to get there at the end. That's the Chiefs. It's the only good team in the AFC. All right? And then don't hit the mute button. And then it's Green Bay and Tampa Bay. And, yeah, Arizona's having a nice season. But that's it. My preseason. Folks, go back. Listen to the preseason. I think we did it, what, back in June? I nailed it. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done with the NFL. No, come on. on. You got to finish it. Nope. It's no fun to try to argue with you about the NFL. So let's just move on Why to not? the Olympics. No. It's, it's, it grates on my soul. So let's just move on to the, the 
the Winter Olympics. Come on! This is the sports honchos. I'm just giving you a business on just the Patriots. I'm just going through his what? I can't be the yang to your ying. I've lost my paper. <laughs> well, find it, because I want to I wanna hit the more, more of the stuff on the NFC, which is actually a halfway decent conference. Well, I'm just going to say these are the games to look forward to next week, but, you know, they're all, you know, it's all, nobody wants to no, watch. That's oh, it's my opinion, Rob. Come on. Okay. But here are the games that some of us will be enjoying. Uh, the Cowboys at the Wolfskins, Bears at Packers. I know the Bears stink. Hold but, on. Can we but, go back to the Cowboys? That is a good game. It's a great game for your franchise, too. It is. It's a huge game for both te- for both teams. Huge. I mean, that four-game win streak will mean nothing if they lose to the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, if they lose, now they're one game above a team that nobody in the NFC should want to face right now in the Wolfskins, just because the team is playing at a high level without their two best players on defense, I might add. And I would say I'm not in any hurry for them to come back. The team's playing great without them. They're playing as a team and not a defense of celebrities. So that's a bit. Oh, look at me. I said the skins. You like the skins coach, don't you? Oh, I do. I do. He's he's the most professional, most adult person we've had in this organization since Mike Shanahan. Even he was a little mm, a little iffy toward the end. There, he got very salty and snippy with people. But Rivera's, you know, he's a calming influence. He's riding the ship, as they say. So, I like, it. I like him. And a cancer survivor. I never get tired of the clip they show of him ringing the bell uh, when he finished his cancer treatments uh, last year. And I never get tired of seeing that. All right, uh, the Bears at Packers, again, look, the, ba- the, the Bears stink. and Nobody likes Aaron Rodgers, but people are going to watch because it's an old classic rivalry. Not that it's going to be a good game. I just, like with the college games, I like the old school rivalry games. I just do. Even though that game, by the way, on Thanksgiving, speaking of the Bears, that Bears-Lions game, that, that's a game, that is a game that proves all of your insane points about the NFL. That game was un watchable unwatchable but i watched it anyway because i'm sick I'm all right I, uh the ravens the ravens are at the browns yeah the ravens are at the browns it's the old cleveland versus new cleveland game i love these games the old browns versus the new browns again i don't know why it just makes me happy the raiders and chiefs big you know the good it used to be on sundays Back when I was a kid, all those great AFC West games would come on at 4 o'clock on NBC. Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos. So I kind of, there's a soft spot in my heart. Plus, it's going to be a game featuring two teams that can really put up numbers. So if you like offense, this would be the time for the Chiefs to find themselves. The last time the Chiefs and Raiders played, Mahomes threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. So Again, another good game to look for. Yeah. Bills and Bucks, you know. Uh, what can you say? It's Tom. Anytime you can watch Tom Brady on a big stage, uh, the Bills can redeem themselves and get right back into the quote conversation if they can knock off the Bucks. And uh, I mean, all right. you know. so on that note, because that's what I ask you: if if the Bills lose this game, is this basically a nail in the coffin? Or you can't say that because I'm sorry about my rant before about the AFC. <laughs> okay, no, I apologize. It's... I'm going to keep it down. But you know, what, what what will this do technically for the Bills if they lose? I mean, it's going to put them 
they're just they're going to be uh, almost impossible for them to win the division, but they're certainly not out of the wild card race. And by the way, the Bills get another chance at the at the Patriots, I think, to end the season. But it's in Foxborough, so their best chance was to win in Buffalo, and you know that just didn't happen. And then your team, your adopted team, the Rams and the Cardinals at Monday night. The last time the Cardinals played the Rams in Los Angeles, the Cardinals smashed them to pieces. This game is good because look. This is a prove-it game for both teams. The Cardinals are 10-2. I, I, there's just something about them. I can't put my finger on it, but they're just not – they don't feel like a 10-2 team. For a team that has the best record in the NFL, it just it feels like there's something missing, something flawed. I can't put my it's finger on it. they're from Arizona. That's why. Probably. <laughs> um, and the Rams – look, the Rams, they need to win this game to have any chance of – you know, any chance in the division and certainly to keep whatever toe they have in the wild card pool. But now Matt Stafford, the Matt Stafford of Detroit, it feels like it's Matt Stafford in Detroit now in Los Angeles all over again. Oh, he does no running game, only one really skilled player at the skill position in Cooper Cup uh, and a, a really good defense. That's what he had in Detroit. And they floundered every year. He was good. And the rest of the team floundered. Now, it's like the same thing again in Los Angeles. No matter how much talent they keep bringing in with Odell Beckham and Von Miller, they're just kind of going nowhere without a running game. Um, I predict Sean McVay will be fired. After There's no season. chance. There's no chance he gets what fired. What do you mean? I mean, because he's, he's won a lot more games than he's lost. He brought him to the Super Bowl. He's young and exciting. Uh, quote, unquote, uh, bad call by the officials there in New Orleans. But anyway. That's true. That's true. He did get... Okay, he and the officials got to the Super Thank Bowl you very that much. year. You're right. And New Orleans and got, got jobbed. Smoked in the Super Bowl by hoodie. Yeah, some people say that was a really boring 13 to nine Super Bowl. I loved that Super Bowl. It was a great defensive battle. But you know who am I? I'm Yo, just Mr. Cuny. My I am. Honcho. Yeah. So there you go. That's your NFL whip around. Slightly shorter because you know it's way past my bedtime already. That's it. That's all I got for you on the NFL. I'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> for week 14. When the, <laughs> when the Patriots are 10 and 4. <laughs> oh, good job, Mr. Cooney, as always. I apologize for interrupting. Just the AFC gets my blood boiling. I'm sorry. It's Just, nothing gonna, against you or you're your reporting or your you're work. Gonna, you're going to wear me down to a nub every time we talk about football. <laughs> no. See, that, see you're, you're, I was concentrating on the New England Patriots. And the one thing about you, you saying in your point that they're back to their dominance. And it was not entirely on the entire NFL. Obviously, I joke at the National Mediocrity. And when you talk about the games that are coming up this weekend, I'm the same age as you. I love all those games as well, too. But I'm sorry if I called out that the Patriots have played in the worst fucking division in the last fucking 20 years. And that's why they won all those Super Bowls. Because they had a clear path. And only until Mahomes and the boys came in the last couple years to mix things up. That's it. That's all I'm saying. All right. It was just that one particular thing. I'm not going to argue with you. All right. Okay. All right. Quick note on the Olympics. 
Winter Olympics that I said were not going to happen due to war, casualties, all this stuff, which I hope does not happen. I predicted that China and the United States might go to war, might be other things. But anyway. Thankfully, that hasn't happened. You wanted to mention that uh, there's a boycott. Yeah, there's a diplomatic. This is not 1980, folks, or 84, for that matter. It's a diplomatic boycott of the Winter Olympics, which is just a big so what. So a, a, a diplomatic boycott means the U.S. will not be sending any politicians or anybody representing the United States government to the games. The athletes will still go with love and support from the government, but nobody from the Biden administration, no diplomats, no nobody, no State Department members, nobody will go representing the United States in an official governmental capacity, that'll really show him. He says with full sarcasm. That's one way to show those Chinese that the U.S. means business when it comes to human rights violations. Wow. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Well, the key word you said there was business because both countries make a lot of business with each other. So. Yep. That's it. Oh, I'm sorry. Then the Paralympics, too, they'll be, because they're also in Beijing, they'll be boycotting that as oh, well. Okay. Again, diplomatic boycott of the okay. Paralympics. Uh, real quick, you saw the uh, the sweaters for the Canadian hockey team and the U.S. hockey team, and have you seen the stadium jerseys for the Predators versus the uh, Lightning? I, I have to tell you, I have not seen the can- the Canada and U.S. jerseys. I thought the jerseys for the stadium series, uh, the, the, the Bolts was okay. It was meh. Uh, and the Nashville one, I mean, they were both okay. They weren't great. Now, I realize Nashville and Tampa don't have much history to fall back on to go like some old school, like when the Blackhawks had their old jerseys, for instance. But, you know, it was okay. They were fine. I, they didn't. They weren't ugly. They didn't wow me either. What about the Especially what about Tampa's, the was, Tampa's was really boring, I have to say. It, it, you know, it said bolts. It was white. Meh, meh, meh minus. So, and no, I haven't seen jerseys, New Jersey's. Is that what you said? The black jersey, it says jersey on it. Nice. I haven't seen it. That's why all no. the parody, you didn't see all the social media parodies, and people took the jersey and they put, you know, hockey player on it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weak. It's weak sauce. Weak sauce. <laughs> all right, pal. You know, when, when the Caps played this, I know I'm biased, but when the Caps played the stadium series, another team who only goes back, you know, to the mid-70s, they had a sweater that had, was a very old-school retro look, the W with the three stars, blue. It was beautiful, Absolutely. simple, elegant, and it kind of felt like an old-school hockey jersey. But these, eh, again, eh, meh. Still don't like the red one with the eagle on it, huh? Hate it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hatred. The only thing I like, other than the, what they're wearing now, besides, you know, the old-school capitals with the stick is the T, is the Capitol Dome over the crossed hockey sticks. That was a good look. That's where we'll have to agree to disagree. But that's that's like that's in the same arena as the Rangers Statue of Liberty head sweater. You know, it comes out every once in a while and there's lots it's very polarizing. So you know. That's where I stand on that one. That's good, man. Good stuff. Do you like the do you like the Liberty Head sweater? I do. I like the original one. Uh, the the latest one they came out with it's weird they haven't been wearing it because like, I think a lot of the fans didn't like it so yeah I don't know what's going on and all these teams came out a lot of these teams came out with these jerseys and they're not wearing them from what I can see yeah. but anyway and with oh, good reason who gives a rat's <laughs> arse Mr. Kearney because I do I enjoy rat's asses 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Dope of the Week. Dope of the Week. That's awesome, dude. I have to tell you, it was hard getting the Gags gang back together. You know, they've scattered to the four corners of the globe after we for our, our vacation. But they're back. And as you always... Have a, you have a Zoom call with them after this show, I believe. Well, no, I'm not firing any of them. They, they're the ones that, that keep me looking so good. I mean, they'll be firing no, me. I, I thought it's after just... our football segment, this might, you know, you might be telling them, but it's over. <laughs> oh, hey, spoiler alert, Mr. and <laughs> Mrs. America. That's all unscripted fun. We really do love each other, Paul and I. You know, we have to give you something to listen to. We can't all be flowers, candy, and roses, which are I know are flowers. We're okay. Sending you on the 14th of February. Go. Uh, the Gags Gang and I, even after all this time, still spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag... D-O-T-W on Twitter. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? And yes, full disclosure, this is one we would have done on the 17th, but I liked it so much I decided to dust it off and do it for this one. This week we have a tie, which is appropriate under the circumstances. The winners are the Pittsburgh Steelers and Detroit Lions franchises. All of them. Every stinking one of them. Dead or alive. The good news. The good news is that the Lions avoided the stench of going 0 and 9, 0 for Dan Campbell. The bad news is that they are 0 8 and 1 after a 16 16 tie with Pittsburgh on November 14, 2021. Editorial note: Since the writing of this DOTW, the Lions are now a sparkling 1 10 and 1. Okay, these two teams played one of the worst yet most farcical games of this or any other NFL season, especially in the overtime period. More on that in a moment. All I can say is I'm glad they only play a 10-minute overtime now because what I saw on Sunday was a Shonda, Larry. A Shonda. It is not like this game was a contest between two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Matt Stafford the Lions and Big Ben Roethlisberg for the Steelers. Instead, you got Jared Goff and Mason Rudolph. Yuck city. It conjures up that feeling you get when you go to a Broadway show and find out that the understudies are performing that night and it's too late to get your money back or return the tickets. No one likes to sit through a meaningless regular season football game that goes in overtime, but there is the bonus of extra football and the promise of an exciting sudden death finish. Except this time. The Lions and Steelers played in overtime like two teams that did not want the relationship to end. These two teams played the football equivalent of two lovers on the phone who cannot decide who will be the first to say goodbye. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up first. This is the kind of game that makes my esteemed podcast spouse declare the National Football League the, quote, National Mediocrity League. Except that except that would be an insult to mediocrity everywhere. <laughs> all the fans, all those fans who argue that a 10-minute overtime is too short should be forced to watch this on a continuous loop, this train wreck on a continuous loop. Have I been too subtle in my opinion of this game? You want to know why Dan Campbell cries? Well, check out this recap of the high-caliber football on display during an overtime with musical accompaniment from our good friend, Benny Hill. The Lions... The Lions' opening drive ends in a punt after a third and seven sack of Goff. On the Steelers' opposing possession, Rudolph completed a long pass in the Lions' territory on second and eight to Johnson, who then promptly fumbled. The Lions get the ball back, and Goff then 
promptly throws an interception. Luckily, the interception is overturned by a Steelers penalty. Detroit ends this possession with what can only be described as the weakest 48-yard field goal attempt of all time. I don't think he even made it to the goalposts. Pittsburgh gets the ball back on second and six. Rudolph is sacked for 20 yards. Steelers punt. On the Lions' first play after that, Goff is sacked for 13 yards. Follows that with two complete passes, and Detroit is forced to punt. Pittsburgh starts their final drive at their own 11-yard line and start a Sherman-like march down the field. Hope Springs' colonel is not only in Pittsburgh in the game, but this hostage crisis would be over. Just when the fans could see the light at the end of the tunnel, Pittsburgh, which has moved 50 yards down to the Detroit 30-yard, 39-yard line, turns the ball over again on a fumble by tight end Pat Fireman. After the final drive time expiring, they tried the old catch and lateral play that went nowhere fast. Game over. Score tied, sister kissed. At the end of the day, on the positive side, the two teams combined to go 11 of 17 through the air for 131 yards. However, they also ran 10 times for negative 8 yards, had one missed field goal, three fumbles with two lost, and an interception, even if it was negated by a penalty. Somebody get that tape to the Hall of Fame. Now, now really teams try and win games. The great Herm Edwards said you play to win the game. He did not say you play to embarrass the game. Did I mention that this overtime period was played in the pouring rain on one thing. Pittsburgh rookie Najee Harris said after the game that he did not know games could end in a tie in the NFL. He thought that after one overtime, you just keep playing until someone wins. What? After this overtime debacle, Harris is probably thanking his lucky stars that he only had to play one overtime period. So to the NFL franchises in Pittsburgh and Detroit for sending football back to the Stone Ages, for giving us the kind of football that makes you long for a second bye week, and for putting on the most embarrassingly awful show since, I'm sorry, the most embarrassingly awful show this side of Cats, you are the Sports Hot Show's co-dopes of the week. Congrats, Lions and Steelers. Your certificates are in the mail. Woohoo! Way to go, Lions and Steelers, baby! Wait, what a nightmare. The game that just didn't want to end. I mean, I, I've watched a lot of bad football, and this, I have to say, was 10 minutes I never want to get back. If you dropped in on this planet and said, what's football, and you saw all you saw was this 10-minute overtime, you get back in your spaceship and go out back to the planet you came from. <laughs> it was just awful. I think uh, next year the Lions should bring in Ted Lasso, and then the following <laughs> year the Steelers should bring in Ted Lasso. Sure, absolutely. That's all. That's the only hope they got, buddy. But hey, the Lions one ten and one, baby. No zero and seventeen for those guys. Congrats to Dan Campbell. Congratulations. All right, buddy. Is it still Wednesday? It's still Wednesday, buddy. <laughs> okay. And good. we have Lions football to look forward to this weekend. Good times. Amongst all the others. All right, folks. Thanks so much for tuning back in with us. It's so nice to be back. It is. We'll see you next year, everybody. We'll see you next oh, year, sorry. everybody. All right. Don't forget to follow us everywhere at Sports Honchos. Thanks to the Dean Blundell Network, as always, for the support. And Rob, with about 40 seconds, say goodbye to the folks, please. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sorry that we took so long to get back to you after last show. But, hey, we're back now on a semi-record schedule. We appreciate you listening, hanging in there, waiting patiently for us by the fire until we get home. We love you. It's a big weekend. I don't know why, but it's a big weekend for somebody. So give somebody a hug. If you see Willie Mays or his family members, give them a hug. Be nice to each other. Be safe. And as always, peace.
Peace. Ow! Watch yourself, eh?